Welcome. My name is Paula Ramirez and this is Chicana Mom Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all the hardworking Chicana moms and their familias. We talk about life, parenting, the emotions we go through as human beings, the journeys of the struggles and triumphs, life stories, God, education, music, and more. I strongly believe we're connected in this world. Unidas creamos cambio. Querer es poder. Now let's get started. Hola, Chicana Moms. ¿Cómo están? I hope you guys are doing amazing. By the way, I just want to add again that the reason my podcast is called Chicana Moms is because I'm a Chicana, obviously. I've mentioned that several times. Duh. <laughs> But um, also because there's so many Chicanas that I look up to Um I admire their work and I think at the end of the day, we all have this similar way of growing up. Uh, I know everyone's different, but there's always some similarities here and there in which we all can relate. So I also want to add that all of the moms are welcome. I mean, I'm just highlighting and embracing who I am, but I love all types of races diversity is amazing um so don't think that this podcast is only for chicanas uh, no I, i just name it that because again i'm embracing who i am but i have friends who are from el salvador they're from guatemala um all different places and they're moms and that's what we have in common we are mothers who love our kids unconditionally that somos guerreras we will be oh my gosh we will fucking chaos don't fuck with our kids and i think that's we all all moms we have in common i'm pretty sure we all agree on that anyways so today i want to talk to you about hijas de inmigrantes immigrant daughters i'm one of them and there's so many of them out there and to me it's just a beautiful thing because You know, we saw it raw. We saw the struggle of our parents looking for jobs, um, not having enough money for certain things in the home, just struggling, struggling to survive. Um, and after creating a big statement in our lives with that, we are... Well, I should say majority. I know, unfortunately, that some did pay the price, you know, um, for their parents not being there as they should. And what I mean by that is those parents that had to work so many hours just to pay the rent, food, clothes, and their absence, um, you know, it took a toll into the family and especially to some of their kids because they didn't have that guidance and structure Um, some of them, of course, I'm not generalizing, but as hijas de migrantes, we can understand and look at life in a very different view because we were able to see that. Um, 
there's even I understand, you know, there's there's a lot of kids that grow up with their parents who were not immigrantes, you know, but they also saw the struggle. But in my podcast right now, I'm going to be talking about us hijas de immigrantes and I'm talking about us as Chicanas as to the things that we saw from our Mexican um, parents, how they struggled, you know, el miedo, la razón, el sacrificio, el dolor, la lucha. Pero durante todo eso, siempre tener a Dios. And that's something that I know for a fact in my family that has kept us standing, the faith we have with God. So today I want to talk to you about las hijas de inmigrantes. Let's get started. You know, I want to start off by touching base on what's going on in our world right now um, in regards to the children who are being removed from their parents who um, crossed the border and that separation that's it's affecting each child you know the trauma that they're going through and that as a community we might think I'm not well not not everyone but some people who think might think that you know they're they're not my family members you know what do I care why did they cross the border and you know I guess I don't know Trump supporters, I guess I can call them. Um, well, that one person or those several kids that are traumatized will affect our society in the long run. It depends on what path they take. They can take the path of growth and like learn from it and, and achieve something great from it. Or on the other hand, it could be, you know, very destructive individual who will use and abuse individuals and the system because of the anger, the rage that they experienced growing up. And, you know, it can go both ways. And this is why, as a community, we see that very important. No child should ever be put in that position um, to pretty much be perceived as their criminals or, like, they're not important and... You know, I mean, we can touch base on this. I, I'm not a big, um, I'm not so knowledgeable when it comes to politics and all that. I read them. I'm aware of it. But if you want to have a more detail of like literally a timeline of historic, I, I know it, but not extremely able to dissect it, which I am in the works with that because some things are just like, wow, you read about one thing, you know, this is my pattern of how I do things. When I read anything that has to do with immigration or what's going on right now with our children that are just, you know, being mistreated and put in cages, um, I read an article. I, I can't believe I can't believe it until I do my work. So I'll read several articles and throughout all those articles, I get so many different information. So at the same time, it's like, who do we believe? Right. But what I'm trying to get to is that since they're not the only kids that have been going through this and it's been happening way back then. Um, I'm talking about all of the adults that are parents now who came to this country as immigrants and who now have children and who now those children have 
either paid the price of the corrupted system, who is now, um, how can I say it, the outcome of that trauma from their parents now to their children, it's like a domino effect. I understand that this country, unfortunately, when I say this country, I mean the U.S. They don't want immigrants here, but I mean, come on. Immigrants have been working in the fields for decades. Those fruits and vegetables that are on the plate of that white Donald Trump supporter, you're, where do you think you got that from, for God's sake? You know, and these farm workers that have been treated unfairly. And just so you know, I actually came across this article and it was talking about how um, there was an individual, he's immigrant, I don't remember his name exactly. Um, oh, actually his name was Juan. And Juan was not given any breaks to drink water and to use the restroom or to eat. All because they, the farmer had a demand on a certain product, um, obviously of the fruit or vegetable they were cultivating. And he couldn't do that. And he wasn't the only one that he was um, disrespecting in that manner, of course. But man, that right there is one of the biggest sacrifices that a lot of immigrants do just to get some money to buy food for their children, shelter as possible, even if they live in one bedroom. They do whatever they feel is right. But you know what they don't do? They do not go out and stand on a stoplight with a damn cardboard sign that says, help me feed my family. They take fucking action to do something. And this is why it does irritate me, as you can already tell, that our system's really fucked up. But you know what? This stuff has been happening in the past, has, is happening now, and let, let us unite to be able to make a damn fucking change in our world. But I honestly think that it starts with the home. Let me just give you this example. We're, I'm talking about hijas inmigrantes, but I'm also going to attach it to hijos inmigrantes. Okay? So Donald Trump is the son of an immigrant. I just wonder what the fuck did he see growing up that made him so inconsiderate and so disconnected? You know what I think? It all starts in the home. It starts in the home. If you create well-educated, loving, respectful, compassionate, empathetic children, they're going to continue to to hold that and, and move forward and continue to cultivate that. But let me tell you, though, it doesn't just stop in the home. It is all expands to the community. The schools that we're sending our kids to, what kind of message are they sending? There's so many school districts in our world that they don't all work the same, you guys. They're, yeah, they all have no child left behind policy and they follow all these different laws and stuff. But overall, the way they present the material or the programs that they have within the school makes a big impact into the children that are attending it. So it's pretty sad. I mean, yes, I understand that not every, well, it should happen though, right? Every school should teach the same way, especially if it's a great way to learn. But it's kind of challenging because each district depends on the city 
and so forth. I mean, that's another different topic, but we have the community and then obviously we have the laws. Laws do affect a home, you know, it's that micro, meso and macro, you know, this is the individual approach, the community and more of the large programs, legislation, advocacy, all these things that end up affecting a home. Now, children of immigrants have been impacted in so many ways, which I think I would add that they have also impacted those citizens who have been born here that don't grow up with parents with immigrants. And the impact that goes around can be in so many ways. And I'll give you an example of what I'm trying to say is that if there was those parents that had their children, okay, those parents are immigrants, had their children, those children are now adults, and those adults ended up marrying someone else that, which what I meant was a girl or boy that grew up with um, undocumented, with with their parents not being undocumented. And sometimes there's domestic violence there. And those people who are walking around are thinking like, that's not my problem. Please. What guarantees you that your child's not going to get married with a child that immigrated to this country or the child of an immigrant? who paid the price of how they were treated, which probably created a trauma, which I shouldn't say probably, I'm pretty sure, because ICE is not that respectful and kind. As human beings, we live life in a manner of just wanting to survive, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Maybe, majority. Some probably don't even care. I just wanted to touch base a little bit on that. I guess you can call it a little bit of venting or so forth. But I think that children of immigrants have a dream. Because we were able to see it raw. And we want to give that back to our parents. Now, let me tell you. I mentioned before, when I was growing up, I was very insecure. I was so shy. And I'm so different now, of course. Thank God. But um, I paid the price, you guys. I paid the price. And I know I'm not the only one. I paid the price for my parents' um, lack of knowledge to raise me in a way of more like structure that would help me in the long run. Now, I'm not dismissing the fact they tried their best. I know they did. I'm so grateful that growing up, I had a shelter, food, and overall, they, they were very loving. You know, even if sometimes the chancla voladora would come out. <laughs> because, come on, that fucking chancla cinturón always would come out sometimes. Um, but obviously, that's not the right way to raise a child, right? But that's what we sometimes went through. Um, I wanted to touch base on that because as immigrant children, it really, it's really getting to us because we know the struggle 
We've heard the stories from our parents, you know, of the things they went through and the fears, discrimination, etc. And now as citizens being born here, I honestly can say that I am fucking kicking ass and I will continue to fucking kick ass. I'm working on my second master's degree and I'm doing it with honor. I'm doing it with honor because I'm the first one to graduate from, from university and the first one to have two master's degree for my whole family. And you know what? I don't want to say this. I'm, maybe it sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm just fucking proud of myself, you guys, because as an immigrant child, going home, taking that package of school homework to my house and asking my mom and dad to help me with school and they didn't understand what the hell it was about. And I struggled and I failed classes. I got held back in first grade because of that. But overall, my mother never never gave up. She would always look around for tutoring because she was trying her best for me not to fail. Maybe at some point, some people may say, well, you did fail. Well, maybe I didn't just for that one fucking time. But I'm telling you this, I ain't failing again. I've disciplined myself to the point of understanding that less is more. What I mean by less is that I'm not going to become greedy with money. You know, yeah, money is needed, but that's not the main point. You know, me personally, my biggest, biggest thing for me is to inspire people. But first of all, starting with myself, of course, um, and those around me. Now I want to share with you la historia de mis padres of how they immigrated here. And they actually crossed over um, el rio con un coyote in 1980. I don't know exactly the month, but they crossed over and my mom was pregnant with me. I don't know how many months she was, um, but they crossed over Actually, one of my uncles, my mom's older brother, helped her and my dad cross over. And he helped my mom and dad um, pay for the coyote because they couldn't really afford it. And I honestly don't even know how much they charged, but I think they're probably in the thousands. Back then, it was probably less. Who knows? Um, and my parents, when they came to the United States, they actually lived with a really nice family. Um, and they let them rent a single room and that was our home. One bedroom, like just the bedroom. I'm saying, I'm not saying a one bedroom apartment. I'm talking about just a bedroom growing up. That was just my home. And I called it home because like seeing pictures of when I was a baby, I was well taken care of. My mom always had me thought peinada. <laughs> Um, my dad would always take pictures with me. My mom as well. We would go to the park. We would try to enjoy whatever. And I know, I was, I'm going to say my parents. I mean, not that I came up with the idea, so let's go to the park. And I was like really little. But my parents, of what I've seen and what I've heard, is that they tried their best to, to work with what they had. And that was just enough for me. It really was. Um, and I'm pretty sure for that, for many of you who have grown up with parents who are immigrants, um, you can relate. And if you don't, uh, maybe you, obviously your experience is, is probably different, but I'm just going based on 
on my view of my life. Um, what do they leave behind? I know my parents share with me that they left behind their parents, their brothers, their sisters, their cousins, their friends. They left all of that to come into this country to live a better life. I don't know about you guys, but fuck, I would never even think of leaving my parents behind and my brothers and my whole family. But you know what? I get it. I fucking get it. I know why they did it. My mom shared with me that the reason that she told my dad to come to the United States was because she did not want to live in a cardboard box. It was so challenging. And my mom would share that sometimes, you know, they didn't have any money to buy food and there was barely enough beans and she just remember like trying to eat as much as like alito as possible um, from the pot because she wanted to make sure that she can leave some for her siblings. And there was a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a lot of emotions, you know, behind the story of my parents immigrating to this country. And I know that you guys you guys understand. I know it was in different situations, you know, different ways of how every parent migrated. But I think everyone that crossed over that river with a coyote, fuck, at night, geez, I can't imagine that. Mothers with their children, or even the children alone with a stranger, just with a coyote. That's what we're seeing right now. There's so many kids just being sent. And I remember watching this, you guys. It was a mom. Um, that crossed over with her son from El Salvador. And she said that the reason that she crossed over is because her son was seven years old, is seven years old. And the reason that she was leaving El Salvador is because the gangs out there were already ready. They were, they, keeping an eye, they were keeping an eye on that little boy for him to be part of the gang. This mom was so desperate that she's like, screw this, I need to get the hell out of here. Man, that's kudos. I kudos to her and all those mothers and fathers that are wanting the best for their kids and for themselves. Being hijas de migrantes, hijos de migrantes también, um, is unique. It's just amazing. We're all immigrants, I think. Shit, <laughs> you know, we're all mistos. We're mistos, and we're a mixture of so many things. It's just. Races, I, I mean, not things, but you get what I'm saying. I want to add that, como hijas inmigrantes, I remember being dressed very Mexican. I was. I had that puffy, itchy, darn swamp me dresses. I had those socks that looked like, I don't know, flowers, <laughs> 3D flowers, literally. With those black shoes that were sometimes tight from El Swap Meet again. But fuck it, you know, it worked. Um, and I'm talking about it because, damn, it was funny. But 
but I appreciate my parents at least buying me that type of clothes because um, I just have really beautiful memories. Um, and then I also remember having memories of my mom telling me I didn't want to wear those itchy dresses. But now when I look at them, it just makes me feel so good to know that, like, my mom tried, you know. She tried to make me look cute. Necesas <laughs> trenzas. I don't, oh my God. I don't know if you guys went through this, but damn, I did. So my mom would always brush my hair with trenzas. I look like Asian, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? But it, it was, I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because it was, they were so tight. So I had my braids with my itchy dress and it, those are crazy memories. But the reason I'm sharing with you of like how I was dressed is because a lot of us, hijas de migrantes, we were dressed so different, so different. I know I did get bullied. I got bullied by another, like, uh, Mexican girl. Like, what? Girl, you you look like me. What the f- I didn't get that. So she would say, oh, your dress is ugly. I remember that hurting my feelings, and I'll never forget that. But I remember leaving home, I mean, leaving school um, and getting home and looking at my dress. And I remember that dress was like a light pink. And that dress, actually, my mom and my dad surprised me um, on Easter. She left the, the, my mom left the dress hanging next to her closet. And she told me, because by the way, my mom calls me Mapoli. Mapoli. <laughs> so she goes, Mapoli, ven. I'm like, okay. So there I go. And she's like, tengo una surprise. So I look at the closet and there was that beautiful pink dress. I felt so in love with it. And... I love that pink dress. That one wasn't itchy, by the way. That was just like a casual little summer dress. <laughs> and I remember going um, home after that girl pretty much said something rude about my dress. And I was like, but what's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with my dress. I was like, she's probably jealous. She probably wants my dress. <laughs> so you know what? I told myself that and I believed myself. And that's what helped me. Over the years, I, I got, I started to, to become very tough um, because when girls would continue to, or start to make fun of me because of the way I dress, that they call me wet bag. And, and this is like elementary from first grade to fourth grade um, because, by the way, I was in a program called the ESL and um, it was like a different little, it was we were part of a main classroom, but we were like a little isolated from the English speaking because we would all just learn in Spanish. And I think the group that the number of group of kids that we were in, I'm trying to think, I think it was about like seven of us. And my one of my best friends, older sister, she's actually one of the teacher assistant. And it was pretty cool. Um, and we would just learn every subject in Spanish, but that really, I feel like that kind of like messed me up. I mean, I know how to speak Spanish, how to read and write. And by the way, I love to read in, in Spanish, but after fourth grade, like that program didn't like it stopped existing, existing. And it really messed me up because even sometimes when I read something in English, like part of my brain, that's the Spanish um, I kind of read it like if it's Spanish. I don't know if that happens to you guys, but a veces me sale medio pocho 
morocho, <laughs> but it comes out really weird. Um, but I went to a public school and we had, I was part of the ESL program because my mom said I need, because my primary language is Spanish. So I get it. Um, but being made fun of because one, I was in that group, um, or program, I should say. And then second, because I was dressed in that manner. Later on, as I move forward, como hijas de migrantes, you know that for school, lunches, it was a burrito de frijoles con arroz. And fuck, they're bomb. Or un burrito de mole. Uh, un sandwich de jamón con queso fresco. <laughs> Shit, those are good, you guys. I'm saying this not to make fun of uh, my mom's lunches, but shit, they were good. But I was made fun of because of that. I don't fucking care. Whatever. I, it was so good. Um, but I think como hijas de migrantes, we've gone through so many different stages. You know, it's not just seeing our, our parents struggle, but they gave us certain things that represented them, you know? Which is so cool now that I think of it as an adult. That's, that's pretty fucking awesome. Now, I want to talk to you about what are the things that we've taken in and we've embraced based on everything that our parents who immigrated into this country have taught us. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Okay, so there's so many work habits that we've actually imitated from our parents, majority of us. Um, como hija de inmigrantes, uh, por ejemplo, let's start off with the mothers. Um, for us Chicanas, growing up and seeing our mother, um, we would see them cooking, cleaning, you know, decorating the house. Um, just organizing certain things like, I don't know, like little trips here and there. Um, and so majority of us have adopted that. We imitated it. And now as Chicana moms, we are able to provide similar, you know, patterns of what we were given. And I'm talking about the good patterns, but, but there are those unhealthy patterns that are given, which is like la chancla. El cinturón, la escoba, you know, all those that que vas a ver hijo de tu, and you can't, you know, you would hear that, and it's like, oh, shoot, you got to run. Um, and some parents still do that. Some Chicana moms still do that. You know, no seas pendejo, no seas idiota. <laughs> oh, my God, I heard so many bad words growing up, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, the food that we saw our, our dads cook, in the grill, la carne asada, you know, um, some dads love to cook, some probably didn't, um, my dad did, my dad liked to cook, um, the carne asada, and my mom too, she would make the rice, beans, salsa, nopales, and all these, the side dishes, which was really nice to see, because we were just out of the blue, you know what's so funny, that I'm thinking that I have to, like, share with you guys, uh, my mom growing up, she would always be, um, my aunt, actually, her youngest sister would live with us, and I always remember, from my mom saying this was ridiculous Saturday morning you guys like at 7 a.m. my mom would come in knock on the door ya levantense pónganse a limpiar oh my god that was so annoying so every Saturday morning we had to get up do our bed and clean 
So guess what I do now? I get up, do my bed, and I clean. So yes, I hated it back then, but damn, it's it's a habit that I've developed and I kept, and which I appreciate, even if it was so annoying at seven in the morning. So things that we have learned, we are implementing them now. Um, the culture, the Mexican culture, is so beautiful. Oh man, there is a YouTuber. Um, her name is Holly, and she actually was living in Mexico for 15 years because her dad worked there and it's una americana and she speaks Spanish better than me. Oh my god, she speaks it so well. You guys have to check her out. Her name's Holly and she just talks about how the Mexican culture has changed her life. She's actually married a mexicano. She says que los güeros son aburridos and she doesn't like güeros, she likes mexicanos. Um, but she's pretty cool. Um, I am actually going to do a page on suggestions on my webpage. You can, um, I'm going to put her link there. So it's www.chicanamoms.com and I'm going to put, um, one of her videos on my, on my website. So you, it's easier for you to access um, her channel. Um, something that we learned from our parents who immigrated to this country is, Obviously, the culture of, like, the holidays. Las posadas, you know. I think that's so beautiful. I love that. I love to see uh, what my family does. It. We walk around the block um, con la Virgen Maria. She's pregnant. Estamos dando posada. That's beautiful. Um, Los Reyes Magos. Oh, my God. By the way, you guys, growing up, I didn't really care for Santa. But, damn, if you were to tell me Los Reyes Magos... Whoa, I really believed it because going to Mexico when I was little, I remember writing the list of all the things that I wanted and um, I would have to put my shoe in front of my bed para que vinieran, vinieran los reyes magos. And then the next day, guess what? Every single thing that I put on that list was next to my bed. I believed so much until reyes magos. I was like, wow. Now having that memory, I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> It was my grandma and my mom, but either way, it's still appreciated. It was like, oh, yo pensé que se existían los reyes magos. Oh, it's so nice. Um, and then, you know, I remember also the holidays, the rituals of, um, I don't remember if it was like after Thanksgiving. And I'm sorry, not Thanksgiving, way I'm way off. After Easter. Um, oh, on Easter, I'm sorry. On Easter, um, I remember being in Mexico in the Distrito Federal with my grandmother and my aunt. And I remember that everyone started wedding each other a cubetazos. I was like, what the heck is going on? But seeing that whole everything in Mexico, I was like, wow. We, I said, now that's something we should start adapting here in the U.S. And because that's pretty cool. So those are just the holidays, the things that I've learned from my parents that I'm still continuing to do with my kids. We cannot let go of our culture. Um, another thing that I've learned as a daughter of an immigrant is that family is fucking everything. Family is everything. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, every family has their own rules, um, the unspoken rules. Um, some unspoken rules, by the way, if you don't understand what I'm saying, are pretty much like there's a big problem in the family and no one is to talk about it. 
or if there's two individuals or three that don't speak to each other, no one highlights it out and they just kind of like let things be. Um, so with the family, I know that no matter what, even if with all my family members personally, if sometimes we don't talk to each other for weeks or months, um, if, if there's like an emergency, oh my God, I know for a fact we are all united. It's crazy. And that's what I appreciate about my family. Um, obviously we shouldn't let big gaps like that, you know, of not communicating happen, but all I'm just trying to highlight is that in my family personally, when things go downhill and someone needs help, we're all there to help each other. Now, another thing that we've adapted has been the hard working, the hard working ethics. You know, our parents worked so hard. I mean, so hard to put food on our table, give us those clothes that even if we were little, we didn't appreciate. But now we understand where it was coming from. Um, you know, working more than eight hours a day just to make sure that paycheck came as enough to pay whatever was needed. Um, I know one of the things that I've, I, I've taken is to being consistent. Um, if I see that something can be done and I can do it myself, I do it. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was looking at my yard and I'm like, wait a minute, I want a really nice garden. And I said, what if I hire someone? I was like, no, my parents do it. It's so easy. You just dig a hole in the dirt and you throw in the plant. And you just put it back and put water. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to do it. So I did, I don't know how many, like seven pot plants I planted in the darn heat. And I, as I was doing that, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, there's someone that's always working out in the fields, like doing this for hours. And it's just, I don't know. It just reminded me of like how my father I worked so much out in the field. I'm not in the, he didn't work in the field. I'm sorry. He worked out, um, outdoors. That's what I'm trying to say. And he, he did it for me, for my brothers, for my mother. That's pretty cool. Also not dismissing the fact that my mom did work, even if she was an outside, outside in the sun, um, she hustled. And I saw her hustling so much that I was like, oh, I get it. I really get it. And I do consider myself a hardworking woman. I really do. And I thank my parents for that. Now, one of the last things I want to touch base is la educación. Man, I would always hear my parents say, sal adelante, échale ganas, tú puedes, eres inteligente. And they would tell me that, but I really didn't believe it. But they repeated it so much that I owned it. And I ran with it so far. I want to end this by just saying that como hijas de inmigrantes, somos chingonas y guerreras. You know? And if you didn't know that, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Um, but I want to end it que lucha más grande lucha give it your all know that the sacrifice that our parents did for us is for a reason if you know the language 
and you are a citizen and you have it's easy for you to, to find a job and to go to school, do it. Just do it. Don't give up. Even those like our parents that didn't know the language and were not even citizens back then. Look at where they've they've come so far and they're a perfect example for us not to ever give up. I thank you so much, Chicana moms and other beautiful moms, Latinas, Hispanas, etc., etc. You guys are fucking amazing individuals. Keep doing the best at everything that you do with your children, with your family, but most of all with yourself. Take care. Bye. Thank you.